Well, it's uh, it's been quite quite a f- uh, long time since you heard my voice or my other two co-hosts' voice, but boys and girls, it is Two and a Half Gringos, Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast, and uh, we have a lot to talk about, guys. A lot to talk about. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this Brian Reynolds conversation, but before we get into all of that, let me just say what's up to my two co-hosts here, Nola Jeffy and Big Bear, Anthony Murphy. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? going on? Yeah. Just finally got it going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. You know, all, all the crazy <clears throat> shit that happens in people's lives, it, it finally caught up to me. And now we're back and better than ever and ready to go. Uh, so, New facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I shaved my com- my face completely and now it's growing in a little bit. Um, well, I can't say completely. I, I did have a porn stash going on. Looked a little Burt Reynolds-y, uh, especially when I wear my Hawaiian <laughs> shirts to work. I do that often with just. Said, a, I think you said that to us, and it was scary. Yeah, it, it probably was. I don't blame you if you uh, <laughs> didn't show Juju that picture. It might it might uh, scare him. I, I completely understand. <laughs> but guys, let's uh, let's get into this Brian Reynolds talk. And I know it's been talked about ad nauseum, man. Like it's it's getting to the point where I kind of just want the trade to happen so things just go away and people shut the hell up about it. But I mean we are kind of obligated to talk about this. So where to even begin? I mean, I guess we can start with the six year, 75 million quote unquote that Heyman uh, brought up in his article. And people didn't feel like reading the entire thing in context because he said over that 75 million and people kind of omitted that part to fit the narrative uh, to wherever they want to go with it. You know, pirates cheap, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, is signing Reynolds to an extension a smart thing to do right now, especially with the control that he has? Murph, I'll let, it, I'll let you start with that. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, <clears throat> obviously this has been the, the, the big thing that's been, you know, really the only thing to talk about right now in this slow part of the offseason. <sighs> and... I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know I, I know I know I'm ready for it to be over yeah me but too. I, um I, I don't know I I, I think as far as like that with like the Ham John Heyman thing like that's case in point as to why at least with I get worked up sometimes like on Twitter and stuff over like little stuff I know I got like worked up with like the whole Kevin Newman trade and and you know there's other little stuff that's happened that I kind of get but like when it comes to like the contract negotiation stuff and all that like, I, I think Hayman kind of, like, proved what kind of angle he takes with the, oh, all these mystery teams showing up all of a sudden now for Carlos Carrera to obviously, to obviously try to leverage that deal getting done and stuff, stuff like that. So, like, it's it's all part of the nego- negotiating thing. So, I, I'm going to wait till it's, like, all said and done. And then once it's all said and done, we can kind of – link the pieces together i wanted to go on like an angry thing about like how at this point the pirates need to to either just trade him or i think right now they're in a position to where almost 
you can't trade him for prospects now. At least this is where the way I'm starting to feel because that just sets you back again. Yeah. You're, we're just pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. And, and it's going to be, it's just going to start the never ending endless cycle talk about how like the com- competing is never going to be there. And you know what? You can't argue it if something like that happens. Yeah. And then the Dylan Cruz conversation comes into play too. You know what I mean? Where yeah. he's going to be his replacement. And then you got to tell people mm-hmm. he's going to probably be, you know, three or four, maybe five years down the road. So this isn't the NFL. You just can't automatically replace Brian, yeah. Brian Reynolds. So I get what you're saying there, but go ahead. But I mean, or like it, so like, if you can't do that, then you, you kind of have to just let it play out, let him play let him walk trade him in another a year or so slap a qualifying offer on, on i know gary brought this up in one of his artists slap a qualifying offer on him and, and take the draft pick I, I i don't know i don't know that's i mean to be fair that's what i wanted to say as i've kind of like first reaction to seeing that that's that's what i thought yeah thinking about it let it play out let's see how it goes i, I don't know yeah, I don't and, know. I'm, I'm just kind of at, at lost with it. And an interesting. Like, I don't think we could believe any of this stuff out there. I don't want to believe any of this stuff out there. So at this point, like, let me let's just sit on it and see what happens. To kind of you know stem off of that <clears throat> John Hammond comment, where you know you said we kind of know where he plays, what team he plays for, in terms of you know very owner friendly writer and you know big market mm-hmm. kind of guy. Um, I'm pretty sure Brian Reynolds is a Scott Boris client. If I'm not mistaken, he was at. From my understanding, like when I was talking with Ethan today, he was at one point. Did he move off? He is, of course? I, I yeah, don't, I don't think, think he is, is anymore. Okay, I, I think it's like CAA or something like that. Okay, that okay. he was, but like apparently he was at some point. But then CAA also, I think. Yeah, I also someone like because when I posted something about it on on Twitter, someone mentioned something. It might have been Ethan too, saying that like. Boris still had may have something to do with it, or he still influences something like that. And if yeah. that's actually the case, it makes perfect sense that Heyman's the one that comes out and starts right saying something. That's like where that. I was going with that. You know what I mean? Like, kind of put pressure on the pirates and make them look shitty, and you know the whole stick. <laughs> um, but no, I kind of wanted to get you know your perspective on this Brian Reynolds thing because I know I think they said they were like fifty million apart, something of that sort. The Pirates and Reynolds. So 75 million obviously doesn't make sense. So in my head, I'm thinking around the ballpark of like 90, 95, maybe a hundred million they offer. But I don't know. What what do you think? Well, that's what I was saying earlier that like, I feel like with what information, because it's all just regurgitated at this point, regurgitated and massage to fit whatever narrative people want but i do feel like i feel like they're in a ballpark of each other just a matter of term length that's, and that's, i feel like that's the problem is whether it's six or eight years and i mean yeah at, at this point i'm just so sick and tired of every new article another team's interested like they just said the rangers are interested next we'll probably hear the angels made a phone call it's just and then yeah hey man it's Hilarious because 
I just think back to earlier with all this, this whole Correa thing and when he first was going to go to the Mets, how he was like, the Mets, what a class organization. They're so amazing. They sent a private jet to go pick him up and blah, blah. And then it was just like, too, he's like, they found a medical problem. It was just like, and now all of a sudden the twins are calling him again. The Angels, we talked about that right before the show started. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the Angels apparently checked in this morning. And it's, I'm, and it's just, it feels like too that there's so many new angles people keep trying to take with it. Like, like trying to say that there's leverage shifting. And I'm like, what, what leverage is shifting? Like, they're, the leverage is pretty much still the same. You have a good player for three years. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. Okay. And he's still under contract for three years. It's three cost controlled years. It's not, he can't, he's likely to not hold out. Baseball players, I don't, has anyone ever done that? Anyone not, notable? I can't. Uh, not, anybody I can think of. That's more of like an NBA, and, NFL thing. Yeah. yeah. And then I can't remember if I actually said it in a reply to somebody or somewhere, but it's not like it's a salary cap league to where that money then becomes like dead money that can't be used. Yeah. It's not like the Pirates are competitive and they're like, oh, crap, we need that money to get a useful player. Right. Like, if he's playing or he's not playing, they're just like, mm, I mean, yeah, we might win this year. We might win more games this year and win fewer without him. In terms of the prospects, I mean, or if they were to trade for prospects, um, I'm impartial on that, too, because, I mean, a lot of the – existing roster as it is, is contingent on guys um, either matching what they did last year or taking that next step. And I mean, I guess in essence, you'd be adding more of that to where we, it's not like they have this core of existing assured production. Like it's like, you know, you have strong defense at third, and Brian Reynolds is going to hit. Yeah. There's so many other question marks surrounding where this team's going to be a year from now that they added one other question mark. It's like, are, we, are they really in that worse of a situation? But that's where, if we're talking type of return, I would hope it would involve more of a surefire, this guy – is going to be good or at least re- ready and average above league average almost immediately from our perspective. Yeah. As opposed to yeah the Garrett Cole deal where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe if they work out. It, um, yeah. <laughs> um, now, you know, one, one more thing on Reynolds and then we'll move on. I know both of you and, and myself included are just sick about talking about it, but um, is there a team out there right now that can make the deal happen? Because the Pirates have come out and said, we're probably not going to trade Reynolds unless a deal blows us away. And it seems like no teams are willing to play ball, but are there teams with enough player capital, let's say, to – Pull the trigger. I'll let either one of you lead. I guess that depends who, who who you're talking to, because I guess depending on who you're talking to online and stuff like that is going to tell you a different story on what 
exactly they should be getting in return for him. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's the return is going to be somewhere in between what the Pirates fans say it should be and what other teams fans say it should be. Like, I, I, I think I think both sides got to realize that the Pirates are going to have to come off at least somewhat probably yeah. what they're expecting. And if the report is true that they're holding out for some sort of Juan Soto type return, they'll have to come off of that at some point. To, yeah, to yeah, do that's it like because it's it's what probably was it not a year ago. Again. What was it a year ago? They were asking for the Marlins like top three or something, or three of their top four. Yeah, it was like yeah. uh, Blade, uh, May- May- Mayor, and uh, and Watson before like Watson took that s- complete spiral. No, um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think I think like if you're looking at realistic trades and stuff like that, there, there's probably a lot of teams out there that can put like a realistic package to get it done. I don't know how many teams are going to be able to put together a realistic package for a like major leaguer for major leaguer deal. I think um, so that unfortunately puts, puts in the thing that I talked about, uh, you know, a little bit ago about like pushing the cycle going and, and trading for more prospects. I'd like to see that end at some point. Like if you're going to, like if you're just trade, and then at that point, if you trade major league player for major league player, you're almost better just doing the the you know let Brian Reynolds play to free agency and, yes, and yeah. you know because like you can you can say you're getting a known quantity from another team but like what what better known quantity do you have do you have than a guy who you know spent his last year to minors in the system and then like has played on your major league roster the last couple of years you know that's about as known as it can get yeah mm-hmm. so. I don't know. If you're looking for a minor league package, there's there's probably a lot more teams that can find something that's that's fair for the King's Ransom that we see on Twitter on a daily basis. Yeah, that's it's a lot <laughs> smaller. So, well, that's why early on when I would talk to people about it, I'm like, I mean, at the time, you know, we desperately needed a catcher. I'm like, all right, go get your Danny Jansen, because then you get yourself a quality starting catcher that you got for two years and then you can get one of their high-end top prospects on top of it and but obviously they traded moreno so that's out of question but and that's the thing it's like what team could theoretically make up the capital it's like there's so many that could it's just who would be willing or what are they looking for i know we were talking i forget which which trade or it's, no, it was after the uh, um, Varsho trade when I saw people talking about uh, some I forget exactly what it was, but someone saying that the Orioles would have to give up like their top three just to be even close to the Moreno uh, return. They're like, we wouldn't want anybody else outside the top three. And I'm, I think I said to y'all, I was like, I mean, they do realize like. If we use baseball trade values, which I know some people don't like, and on top of it, like Colton Kowser and D.L. Hall, I would highly consider that. I mean, that wouldn't be terrible. And those were their, depending on updates, but like their number four, number five prospect. And that would be a great return. Yeah. Big brain thinking. Texas Rangers just get Jack Leiter. Ben Charrington makes his draft that much better. Well, they would have to get lighter and Kumar. Oh, yeah. You can throw that, Kumar yeah. in. 
You can just throw him in. <laughs> we'll give so, them we'll, so many days on the IL coming up. We'll give him. <laughs> we'll give them Bednar so we can get Kumar too, right? Like that's how the trades yeah. work. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. All, all of our good players for all of their prospects that they don't want anymore. Exactly. That's, that's how it works from the other team press on the other team side. <laughs> hey, I all like these it. players went from like A prospects to C prospects. So we're going to trade them and you'll take it because you're the Pirates. <laughs> and I know Nola's brought up uh, how crazy Marlins uh, writers and fans are, especially on Twitter. <laughs> like I've been like diving deep into the archives of Marlins talk and it's just insane. Oh, you, you've been going deep into it? I have. Oh, I've been searching. You it's might terrible. Not, you might not come back. <laughs> it, it, it can get bad, man. I, yeah. I used to follow it pretty extensively when the baby cakes were here. Yeah. And I was like, man, I I mean, I understand people think pirates, prospect huggers can get pretty protective of their prospects or think highly of what's going to happen. Man, Marlon's Twitter, man. it makes it worse man it really does it's bad folks don't go it's i will give a genuine (laughs) warning do not go on marlin's twitter it's bad i'm trying to think i I think uh 19 or 20 is when it was peak it was peak because that's when you know the return for christian yelich was all making their uh, rise to the upper levels and get ready for MLB. So that's when, you know, Monty Harrison was at AAA crushing. Asan Diaz was crushing. I forget. I can't remember 19 or 20 is when they got Lewin Diaz, but he was crushing, which is why this conversation is coming up in the first place. <laughs> and uh, and also, yeah, 2020, because that's when uh, I think Jordan Yamamoto debuted. Yeah, I mean, at least. But then everybody got hurt. Six still got hurt. Myers hurt. Eaters hurt everyone. All right, all right. That's that's enough Reynolds talk. I know our brains hurt. Sorry, folks. Uh, we we had to talk about it, but let's move on to uh, some of these additions uh, from the winter for the Pirates. Uh, Rich Hill, I think, is the biggest one out of them all, um, which is kind of sad to say. But I guess Rich Hill has been relatively solid uh, throughout his career and even recently. So I guess it's not terrible, but I mean, 43 years old guys, that's, that's, that's pushing it, you know? And I saw someone on Twitter jokingly say, I think it was Kevin Gorman tweeted the video of Rich Hill uh, when he was with the media. And he said, someone please explain to people that are not pirates fans that he is not the GM. He's a player and a starting pitcher because he looked (laughs) old enough (laughs) to be a fucking GM for the pirates. I don't know. Maybe he works out. He's a lefty. Um, Murph, you brought up the Pirates love their soft-tossing lefties. Uh, he, He's as soft-tossing as they get. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, but his curveball his curveball does some damage. His curveball still is a relatively good pitch. Um, obviously, the writing's on the wall. Probably try to flip him come June, July, you know, right when that when, – when was Quintana trade? I think July, right? I think yeah, they're pushing. Yeah. I, I thought I saw somewhere where they, they're pushing it back in August this year. Are they? Okay. So I, I could have swore I read something that said it's going to be a weird seeing the trade deadline in August this year. Yeah. Oh, wasn't, so. wasn't it supposed to be originally like August 3rd or something, but then I think it got moved up because of the COVID season? It might have. I Well, I mean, we had the lockout <laughs> too for that short amount of time, and then everything mm-hmm. was like insane. 
But you know, let's just get into this additions talk. I mean, are there guys that the Pirates have acquired that make them better than last year? I know it's it's not that hard to be better than last year. It was pretty bad, uh, to say the least. A lot of double-digit losses, a lot of embarrassment. But are there additions that kind of fill some needed holes? I know they filled uh, first base rather well. I mean, I'm not mad at who they got at first base. Um, I, I don't know. Murph, who, what you got, man? What, what, what are you thinking? So first base gets better by default. And I know I've mentioned that right. a couple of times too, like on Twitter, like first base was so bad that like you would have had to go out of your way to not improve it or make it worse. <laughs> right. So um, that obviously gets, gets improved. The defense gets improved or there or at least stays the same. Uh, Chavis played fairly good there. Um, I like the I like the I like signing Rich Hill and I guess to Vince Velasquez as well, even if he's just a body for the first month or whatever like that. Like them mainly because like the whole thing about competition now, you know, creating a little more competition, making it a little bit harder, making the prospects like, you know, Priester Burroughs and, and Ortiz work a little bit harder to get to the majors as opposed to, you know, picking up someone who gets wavered and and just have him get beaten to hell until until they decide to do that now you know you actually have to kind of work for it to an extent which i i love that i'm all for that i've been waiting for that for forever with it yeah um i think the only thing that's disappointed me so far with the offseason has been like the outfield like i i know it's it's kind of cool like a cool full circle thing with with you know bringing connor joe back and and whatnot but like the issue I have with it is like they have so many outfielders on that 40 man roster, but it still feels like there's so many, there are too many questions about that outfield yeah. for having that many guys there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, Ryan Reynolds, I, I, I feel like now's the time to just shift him to left field. Um, Move beta center. Swinsky, can he, can he hit, can he hit lefties how much if if we expect how bad he did on the road to you know those numbers to not be you know sustainable you have to figure that that some of those home numbers are going to kind of crash down to earth maybe a little bit too so how much is does that cancel each other out so there's still questions with him can he hit lefty i just like i just don't feel like for as many guys that there's there there's they didn't do really much to address anything and maybe maybe they just plan on throwing them all against the wall and just praying someone stick. But like I, I was kind of hoping those days were more done than anything else. So do do you think that they address you know bringing Joe as a, a platoon option? You know face the face the lefties on a lefty day, or do you think they're going to throw Joe like in the mix? I think. He'll be in the mix to get some pretty good. I mean, the splits are there and to, to you know, to kind of platoon and stuff like that. I, I just, I feel like that's a lot of platooning that that's potentially going to start happening. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Cause like you're, you're probably platooning at first to mm-hmm. like, are you, is Carlos Santana like the other platoon option or is he just like your DH? Because if, if you're thinking of him just as your DH, then you're talking about Connor Joe being yeah, potentially that that guy there at first, but then that opens up a whole bunch of doors right back in the outfield about who's going to play like lefties and stuff like that. 
Has so, Joe become Javis this year? Don't make me say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, that's their Chavis. Yeah. If, if so, they make Santana the DH, which I'm assuming they would. I, I, I kind of get that feeling too, because he could kind of, he could kind of hit like, he hit for like better average on one side and then hit for more power on like the other side. Yeah. So like, like the average wasn't great overall, but like, like he, he could do both. You could play him every day. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just, I guess we'll see how everything shakes down. But if, the, if it gets to a point to where they have to shift Connor Joe to first base against lefties, then like, man, that's just still so many guys. Like, and you like, there's no, nothing has been solved. It feels like. Bring up Mason Martin. He'll fix everything. There you go. Hey. That'd be nice. <laughs> so, you know what, Josh? I, I, I was even just thinking before Murphy started talking, and then as he started talking about it, I'm just – like, I feel like in all of this, we've kind of forgotten about Miguel and Duhar. Yeah. We did. Cause, <laughs> I did. Because we're, we're talking about first base platoon, it's like, okay, Santana and Choi, and then it's like, well, if something doesn't work out – you know, Joe, and then a lot of people have been talking about Joe being the starting, I guess, left field, right-handed starting left fielder. And it's like, well, I mean, there's still Andujar, who's a right-handed and seemingly an outfielder now. Yeah. And he's he's one of the few guys that are that already has a contract, too. Like, yeah. like, like instead of doing – like, they just settled and, and came to terms yeah. on it, too. So, but the, yeah, uh, I mean, it's I, easy – What's that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, then the other thing, too, is, I mean, Joe still has two options left. So, I, I feel like his is just more kind of like a, I hate using the word, but a contingency plan almost. Like, I, I want them to develop contingency plans, but I would rather if they weren't players like Connor or Joe. But it is what it is. Um but he does have two options, so that's still available to them. Uh, I will say I do feel they've elevated the floor of the team more than it was. Yeah. It's like they're bringing in veteran presences that at least have been there and have had some established form of being a competent player versus – it was more for saying all these waiver acquisitions where it's like, okay, it's a, it's a Josh Van Meter who maybe had a eight game hot span three years ago. Let's see if we can figure him out or something. And Chavis was kind of the same way, had a hot rookie year and hadn't done anything really since. So it feels like now they're moving on to like, okay, let's at least get guys that have showed some competency in the field and hitting, pitching, everything, and maybe help bring up these younger players and help get them assimilated to the majors. Are you both happy at the catcher position right now as a bridge, per se, in terms of major league talent? As a bridge, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's going to be really tough watching them hit, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but I think defensively, I, I think there's a lot of value in having having guys like that still. And it's coming from mm-hmm. a guy who you know 
spent like three days straight staying up till three, four o'clock in the, in the morning recording exit velocity numbers for, for Bradenton players. So, so like, I, I, like I'm, I'm all for that stuff, but I get this, you know, at least with the catcher position, there's still a lot of value in having, you know, defense first and, and quality at, at defense. Now, how much is that offense going to offset that really good defense? I guess we'll have to see, but with with the kind of pitching staff that they're going to be entering the year with, I, I, I think I think it's kind of worth sacrificing some of the offense to get get what they bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, and that and that kind of I'm glad you mentioned that, Murph. And that kind of is a nice segue into uh, the additions. Have the additions at the pitching position satisfied you in a way to where you're comfortable with the depth? Because there's going to be injuries, like always. Um, there's going to be call-ups like always, but are you comfortable with the plan quote unquote that the pirates have set forth at the pitching role? Yeah. I mean, bullpen, I like, I like the bullpen. I'm actually, I, I'm actually pretty, pretty hyped about the what bullpen. they've done with the bullpen. Um, as far as the rotation, a lot of upside. Yeah. It has a lot of upside. There's um, you know, they get Holderman and De Los Santos back this year. Um, what was it Dari Moretta? Is that, that the guy they got from in the thing? I've, I've seen some video of him, and and he he looks there's there looks like there's some upside there. Um, the rotation, I'm still kind of like depth wise, I'd be a little bit worried about because yeah. it kind of seems like it's in a situation to where, um, like Ortiz and, and Burroughs, since they're one of the few starters left, that would probably. They're, they may get called on quicker than maybe you would hope. Um, but, I mean, with the way that it's set up, I mean, we might even see, like, Oviedo down in down in Indy to, to start to keep him stretched keep out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, the pitching staff, it's, it's – I, I think it's – again, a lot of that has to do with, like Nola mentioned – we there's it's going to be a case to where we're going to need to see a lot of guys take a step forward yeah to to um and you know that's always dangerous but there's a, there there is a lot there to like at the end of the season and and if they all work in the right direction and i think that's why you bring in a catcher like Austin Hedges to to make sure that they take that next step forward yeah yeah they've added uh, at key positions anyway some veteran presences Catching mm-hmm. and pitching with Rich Hill. I mean, are they great? No. But do they offer some sort of insight to the guys that are coming up? And, you know, we forgot to mention Cody Bolton in this mix, too. I mean, he's right there as well. I mean, COVID, yeah. Injuries, yeah. But, I mean, you could see him enter into the mix, too. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I just think pitchers like him and Majinski will – there's probably a high probability they begin the year as like long Absolutely. inning relievers, piggyback starters. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Majinski and or uh, Kyle Nicholas start again in, in Altoona just to, just to give them an option yeah. to, to stay stretched out mm-hmm. on there. Just, just because that, that the indie indie rotation is pretty much set at this point. I mean, so you're yeah. gonna what was it four of the five right there on the top of you, on the top of your head was it probably be Oviedo, uh, Priester, 
Burroughs and Ortiz. Burroughs. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those guys or one or both of those guys could end up there. I mean, that would probably just be for the sake of making sure you have as many guys as possible capable of throwing extra, you know, multiple innings. I mean, hey, they think double A is the same as triple A. So it shouldn't really matter. I mean, yeah, same thing. I hate so. I hate that. No, no, I kind of wanted to pick your brain here. I saw a tweet that you mentioned, I think today or maybe Uh-oh. yesterday. Um, it, it was with the departing of ways of Bryce Wilson and, and Zach Thompson recently. And, you know, you Ooh. mentioned that, you know, at least we're seeing Charrington not uh, favor his guys, quote unquote. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. wanted you to, you know, elaborate on that and kind of talk about it on the pod. So, you know, we could all hear what well, you're saying. I know one guy made a comment and he's like, yeah, but it's also showing they're doing poorly at talent acquisition. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're technically not that wrong, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, cause I even think back to, you know, like Eric Gonzalez and it's just I'm like, man, they just waited and held on for so long. And it's like that it does feel as, they are at least attempting some sort of transition period to where it's just like, all right, look, I mean, we might have got you a year and a half ago. We saw what we needed to see, and it's not working out. Sorry. And it felt like at least the way people thought it might happen, because you know how everybody thought Malcolm Nunez was a for sure protect for Rule 5 because, well, he's one of his guys just like Jack Swinski the year before, you know, because the argument was a lot between, like, you know, Mason Martin, Cal Mitchell, but Jack Swinski got protected. But even, like, right now, if he was all about his guys, you would think that, you know, someone like Cal Mitchell might have been let go first. But, you know, Hoy Park's gone, Bryce Wilson's gone, Zach Thompson's gone. Castillo. Diego Castillo. And they were some of the first cuts. Like, it wasn't even that, you know, they held on as long as they could. I mean, they held on to this. um, Although, technically, he's also a Ben guy, uh, the Velade, who they they must have plans for that guy. They must really like him. He's the first on the chopping board every time the Pirates Mm -hmm. make a move on Twitter. And he's Mm -hmm. just staying. He's he's still here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean Dwayne Underwood Jr. is still here too. Wait, yeah. he, was he was he pre Ben or he was one of Ben's first pickups? I don't even remember. He, he was a he was a Ben pickup. He was Ben, yeah. He, he was, was yeah, okay. He was yeah. one of his first pickups. Uh, yeah, because he was first a waiver claim, right? <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think. What wasn't Sam Howard? Uh, Actually, wasn't Sam Howard a claim of the guy between Ben the interim? I think he was. Well, see, that's what I was. That's what I was just about to say about Underwood. Are we sure Underwood wasn't. I don't I think they that. picked him up we, in like we, spring. Like it was. It was in spring okay. that they got him, or as close to spring. So yeah. it would have had to been like twenty two. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, he's twenty one. Because I thought I could. Uh, yeah, I could have swore that he was like. Re- I remember hearing about it, or or like you know looking it up, like in the middle of spring training. Mm-hmm. Or if okay. it wasn't the middle of spring training, it was right hey, okay. before. It was, it was March. Oh, actually, dude, he hasn't even been here that long, actually. I, I felt like he's been here a lot longer. March 2nd, 2021. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's watching him pitch sometimes. It, it does make it seem like it's longer. Yeah. <laughs> they just use him in the wrong role. I'm kind of with they Graves. do. They do. I'm I'm such a Dwayne Underwood guy too. Sometimes, yeah. but so like he'll get out and he'll throw like a really good ending. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. See, look, I'm I'm gonna go brag. And then they bring him out for a second inning and he gets beat. And then, uh-huh. beat up. And then like, and then I delete the tweet. I check, I like, I start deleting the tweet. I'm like, well, never mind. You ain't you getting the receipt on me. History. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I just think they use him in the wrong role. Like you should not bring Dwayne Underwood out for a second inning under any circumstances. No. no. He is not a fireman of any sort. You should not bring him in high leverage. Nothing. No. No. Um, now th- Murph, I, I kind of wanted your intake on this. Um, does that make you respect Ben more getting rid of quote his guys, quote unquote? Like, does that make you think, okay, maybe he is a little progressive than we thought? Because I know it, I respect him a little more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good to where, um, you can recognize, like, I don't want to say mistake because like. You, you can only go off of the information that you have at, at, at the time, uh, you know, and at the time, I'm sure there, there's definitely something they saw there and getting a full look on it. Like they can't see every game that they, that, that they play. They could just go off of the, the yeah. games that the scouts and that see. And, you know, in that time that they saw something, they saw something they liked. So, but yeah, it, it's, it's good to see that he can recognize when, when, okay, well, this just isn't working out. I know I was the one that brought him in, but this other guy who may have already been here when I got here, he's working out better. He He's helping us work towards, you know, the next step. So we're just going to part ways with the guy that I brought in. I wish mm-hmm. to do that with swagger. So, yeah. I um, have to think there they, is a, I have to think a perfect example. <laughs> yeah. But there's, I feel like there is a plan in place for him. You think? Uh, I Slap him as the fifth outfielder. Just leave him as the fifth outfielder. Put him in defensive situations. I, I feel a like there's runner. a plan for him. Yeah, pinch runner, defensive replacement. Boom. And I mean, because get at both of those. Yeah, because I feel like he. I feel like that is actually like a perfect example that you know he's still around. Like, and I mean, they have he got five days in the majors, like six at bats, maybe. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't want to conspiracy theorize, but part of me does still believe partially that his uh, what daughter's health last year might have played a part. I've, I've seen that in multiple places that something there's something off the field kind of thing that kind of yeah, may he, have. He, he does seem like a very homebody family type kind of guy. And I know they spent quite a, cut a large amount of time at the Indianapolis hospital. So could be that yeah. possible, possible yeah. Yeah. I mean, starting center fielder next year. By next year, do you mean 24? Oh, that, that, that wouldn't get people up in arms. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a universal love move. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Now we, we were kind of debating on what, what the next topic should be guys. So, um, Yark on Twitter brought up a very good Uh-oh. question. That uh, a difficult question. It, yeah, it, it was difficult because we talked about it in the group chat on Twitter for a while. Um, 
And Murph, what, what exactly was the question? Who was the best defensive it's, shortstop? It was like the best defensive shortstop that wasn't like a complete lost cause, more or less, at the plate. Yeah, and <laughs> and like we started racking our brains, and we're like, well, not a lost cause at the plate is kind of like throwing a monkey wrench in this because. You know, yeah, I can think of some pretty like if you want the best, you know, defensive guy at this point, like I mean, yeah, we can that that's easy. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but he has to hit too. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and Murph, you you brought up Chang, Sung Chi Chang, and that, that was a that's not a bad guess at it. And I know you Yeah, but but he said above low A, right? I mean he did say above low A. <laughs> I mean and he has not Worse. played above low A yet. Okay, Mr. Technicality. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I personally think, and I don't know if this is a technicality, but he has played, I think it was like 349, maybe 350 innings at shortstop, Jared Triolo. I, I like I like that pick. I, I mean, like that pick. Yeah. He's a yeah. very good defender. And he's everywhere. Yeah. I, I and think, I think, and, and I think the, the thing too that he kind of um, starting center like field his reply year. to it that kind of resonated with me was talking about because like I I mentioned it was kind of hard figuring like an answer out. He brought up is like well you know a, a lot of people out there kind of try to make it seem like the the shortstop position is is a lot deeper for me to come up with that kind of answer to where it was like oh this is hard to pick out yeah so and I kind of came back with and and. and saying that uh, I think there's a lot of guys in the upper levels that can play shortstop that you don't really want to play there every day, but because they've thrown Andre them out there for a... <laughs> 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 uh, But, you know, you throw them out there for a game and they play and then they just kind of assume, oh, well, he's just a shortstop, you know, like you're no longer with us, Diego Castillo or Castro or Bay and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they can play a game at shortstop, but like you don't really want him playing multiple games there at shortstop. Yeah. So Triolo, is, is, that, is that our unanimous answer? He's not a shortstop though. He's going to be. They're gonna move Cruz off a of shortstop and he's gonna be your starting shortstop I'm, next year. I'll tell you what. I have said for for a while now that yes, Cruz will have to move off a of shortstop. If Cruz gets moved off a of shortstop for Jared Triolo, I will be very filled with emotions. <laughs> Remember, all that, all that good shit emotion. Yins talked about with me ranking Triolo so high, and this motherfucker went on a tangent towards the end of the season, went bananas, and who, out of all of us, looked shining. This guy, this guy right here. Uh, yeah, but oh, nobody, li- for super, nobody listening for a twenty-four year old facial hair. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> We're not mentioning ages here, bro. We're not. Men- <laughs> Listen, I'm the youngest out of all you old farts. So I want to hear shit about. Okay. Whoa, okay. whoa, 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 whoa! Do not call me an old fart when Rich Hill exists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am young and vibrant, even without any hair. <laughs> All right, so this is kind of like a, a topic on the spot. I'm hitting everyone on the spot, and including myself, because I just came up with it. But going into 2023, dark horse prospect to surprise people. 
I mean, I feel like both of you know mine. Is it the same one I'm thinking of? You better not mention mine. Sean Sullivan. I can't see. I can't comment or speculate because I have a P two Daily article in waiting on, on this on that exact subject. Oh, really? <laughs> on Wait, is it, what, yeah. tomorrow's? I have no clue. I have like four that sent in right now. Oh, Tim, really? Tim wanted me to a couple day be a couple days ahead ahead, so I got a couple days ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. mine, mine did, uh, uh, that's probably what he must be busy. I was like, mine didn't even go live today. Mm-hmm. But yes. Sean Sullivan is definitely some guy I'm watching. There's a very specific statistic that I picked up and I did math and, and I did all sorts of stuff. And, and yes, he is definitely somebody that, that I'll be watching next year. There, there's probably not going to be anybody that's going to benefit more than getting away from Greensboro than Sean Sullivan. I mean, so, if you're a pitcher. You have to benefit getting out of Greensboro. Yeah, but him, <laughs> him specifically – I, I think he will, but Sullivan, I, I like. I, I know if you want to talk about him more, go ahead. Yeah, I got. I, got oh, a I mean, people, I mean so. honestly, you've probably dived more into the in-depth uh, data analysis, but yeah, I mean, first off, this is going to become the Sean Sullivan Truther uh, podcast. But I mean, yeah, it I'm just down. we only got to see obviously a handful of starts from him, and there was just something about he had a very smooth, repeatable delivery. He could spot his fastball, like, which is something that's very key. He seemed like someone that had still had room to grow. I mean, he's also still pretty young. He was a because uh, he was a junior, right? I think he was a very young yeah. junior, and it's just he just looks like he's someone with proper training has a couple another like gears in there like i think he could add another three four miles an hour with again with the just his repeatable smooth delivery body looks like he could fill out a little bit too yeah watching him on the mound but going going off of that what notice like with the fastball he had some of the best fastball command of of anybody i watched last year in the system he 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 can really Mm -hmm. place that fastball where he wants in the strike zone and that and that really helped him you know lessen the damage i guess with it and he did see a little bit of a velocity mm-hmm. increase towards the end of the year i know at the beginning of the year he was like 90 90 91 92 rarely but i uh, one of his last last starts he was hitting 94 95 yeah so so some so he can get up there a little bit and he, he had um, a little bit of a ortiz uh syndrome in him last year too where uh, i'd be obviously box score watching because we can't watch Greensboro, but you know, he'd be through like four innings, nine K's, two hits. I'm like, man, he is dominating. He is crushing. And then fifth inning would come around and get up four runs. I'm like, well, shit, there goes everything. <laughs> delete tweet. <laughs> <laughs> delete tweet. There's a couple guys though, in the pirate system that we kind of see that happen, you know, four innings are golden. And then the fifth inning hits and everything goes. Yeah. Short. You know, we man, talked about that. that. That's a lot of the growth, you know? Yeah. yeah. Zortiz, I mean, Burroughs always had that problem up until last year. Jared Jones currently has that problem. Yep. My guy, Owen Kellington. I want to see him pitch more than, like, five innings this year. I think that'd be a success for him. Yeah. But yeah I, thought, no. I thought Cody was going to say Triolo again, saying that everybody's still sleeping on him. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not. No I'm respect. not. I'm not that. He was added to the 40 man, and there's still no respect for this guy. (laughs) Hey, man. RIP to Blake Sable as a pirate. Just want to say that. I know we haven't mentioned it, but RIP to him in a pirate uniform. Should have worn my jersey. You should have, out of respect, man. I got a uh, half gallon of iced tea here. I can pour it out on the carpet if Hannah's not watching. Okay. Although, although, speaking of uh, someone that could surprise. And they get added to the 40. Colin Selby could probably. He did get added to the 40, but he's still very under the radar. Yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere, too. To a degree. To a degree. Towards the end of the season, anyways, people started to catch on. I I, I remember the buzz, like, the day that they had to add players to the 40-man. It's just, like, out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. like, you know, some people have been talking about him. I know Nola talk, you know, talked about him funny and stuff like that leading into it. But, like, national people were starting to pick up on it, too. Yeah. Like, like just out of nowhere, I'm like, well, how do you hear that name? And then people were just talking about him constantly and stuff like that. And then, boom, mm-hmm. gets added. Well, so. he's, he's someone, because, yeah, he, he was someone that originally started out as a, as a starter, but then, you know, injuries crept in. And it was like over his career it was just a lot of like sporadic oh he's back and he's pitching and and he's hurt again oh he's back and he's pitching and we're like what he's hitting 98 okay cool and he's hurt again and he's back and oh now is it 99 100 like okay i had to check the and he has a great beard i had to check to see if he was stateside yet and, and he was i couldn't remember but joaquin tejada yeah. He's 19. Yeah. You might see him make an appearance in Bradenton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been really aggressive with some of those kids there. And, and mm-hmm. like you like 19, you'd almost be okay with them sitting in FCL another year. But like they, they brought Dario Lopez up at 19, uh, Escado mm-hmm. up at 19, Carlos Jimenez last year. So there's, there's always some Escado, guys, that, by the way. To who? Escado. Uh, he couldn't he hit finished. high A pitch, pitching, uh, went to Bradenton and got suspended for something, right? Yeah, I don't know what happened, though. Like, what, like I have no clue. Uh, yeah, I don't think we ever got an answer for that. I don't, I don't remember. Didn't, didn't one of us ask John, too, and John didn't even know? Yeah, I, I did, and I, I, I'd have to look again. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think John knows. And if John doesn't know, yeah. I don't think anyone knows. No. no. <laughs> Maybe Wilbur. Wilbur might come out of that. Wilbur might know. Wilbur might know. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah. It said, I don't know. All he said was it might have been a team suspension, but about it. But uh, on, on the topic of the young guys moving up, I was just thinking it would be interesting, you know, because of this last draft that went so college heavy. So there, that might signal that they are expecting to maybe hold some guys back. Or they want mm-hmm. those guys to jump, you know, straight to Altoona, Greensboro, so that this huge swath of DSL kids can just come right yeah. up and in and get time. Yeah, Wilbur did mention on the uh, P2 message board talking about how he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Trace Gonzalez just flies straight to Altoona to start the year, yeah, just because yeah. of that kind of stuff, the outfield picture and whatnot. So, so. yeah, Three I mean, Gonzalez. he was. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Advanced 
Well, it was just a lot of like batting average and but in his you know hitting, but I think like you were talking about your article today about like his EVs and bat ball events, like it's the type of stuff that you know wouldn't show up like specifically like to us on like a Vanderbilt box score. And it was like you'd see him swing, it's like oh, he actually hits the ball pretty damn hard. He does. He does. He put up some good. Numbers. His his launch angle in, in Bradenton last year was negative. He had a negative so launch angle in, in Bradenton. He's, he's, he's like negative two. In the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Faster, I think, though. I would think. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, Murph, do you have a Big Bear rant for us, or are we going to close the podcast? The only thing I can say is... And I hate to circle back to it because I'm probably, I think I might be fed up with it more than anyone else, but let's just let this Brian Reynolds thing play out. And then, and then let's all go up in arms about it because like I was saying earlier, we, we don't know what info is out there is real. We don't know who's trying to push an agenda, who, who's trying to, you know, get the edge in any kind of negotiations. Yeah. The pirates don't do them any so of any favor as far as you know credibility and stuff like that so if we hear reports that a deal might have been around 75 million dollars it's it's probably easy to to believe um also if you're gonna if you're gonna look at that kind of stuff read the whole article and make sure you have the entire context (laughs) with it too and um but let's just i know it sucks i know and it's a horrible situation but let's just play play it out there are plenty of other things to talk about. There are plenty of other things in life we could stress about. Let's just let it play out. The whole picture will will unveil itself at some point. We'll know who was telling the truth and what was true and, and stuff like that. And then we can get it up in arms. And I'll probably join in with it. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any NOLA knowledge? Oh, that's a new segment. Yeah, that's new. I like that one. No, Nola knowledge. Yeah, do we have any Nola knowledge to drop on the youth of America? Oh man, stay in school. I don't think. I don't stay, think. Hey, I, that's mine. Stay in school. That's <laughs> fine. Find I, say, I, I don't. I don't think I have anything heavy off the top of my head right now. <laughs> all right, all right. I got you. Well, guys, uh, how about? Go ahead. How about? Actually, if you think, if you go to order Indian food. And you think you can handle the spice? You're wrong. Yes, it will save many assholes. You're always wrong. <laughs> All right, that's that's some heavy knowledge, man. I'm going to think about that late at night tonight. <laughs> As my wife chimes in that that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but no, guys, um, you know, it was a it was amazing to talk again about the pirates, you know, on a podcast platform. Uh, you know, I appreciate all the support that you've given us uh, throughout the absence. Uh, I know Murph and Nola are skyrocketing on P2 and doing their thing, and I'm doing my own thing on Pittsburgh baseball now. But, you know, it's just nice to talk again, guys, and, you know, get involved in podcasting again. It's actually quite fun. So um, I'm going to leave you with that, and uh, let's drop our socials so you can follow us on Twitter. I will start with myself. It's at 2HG013. Give me a follow. Murph, what's your social, man? Follow me on Twitter at 
double underscore Murphy 88. The link to my YouTube channel is in my bio there. We're like almost at 50,000 views. That Tamar Johnson one is killing it right now. And uh, we're like almost at 150 subscribers now for it. Nice. 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 You still Louisiana Ted Nola? No, back to Louisiana Jeff. Or <laughs> Nola <laughs> Jeffy. <laughs> I almost said Louisiana Jeffy. <laughs> Nola Jeffy. At Nola Jeffy. N O L A J E F F Y. And go, instead bro. of getting angry and rage tweeting about Brian Reynolds, people should just go watch Murph's videos. Yes, absolutely. He has audio now. So oh. do I? I don't. I think <laughs> he doesn't <even> know. <laughs> do I? <laughs> You're dropping knowledge on me. Um, but oh, no, I got his minions. We. Uh, it's a nice tattoo. I like that. It's nice. It turned out well. Yeah. yeah. I wish you guys could join me to see it. It's it's glorious. But that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Um, thanks again. You know, for listening and subscribing. Um, and can we get it right? You know, we haven't got. It's we've had some time to. To do it, so I've been training. Ready, three, two, one. Let's go. Go Bucks. <laughs> Let's go Bucks. Bastards. <laughs>